0: This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made For This podcast. Guys, you are gonna love today because I'm telling you, my friend is creative. She is creative. She is out of the box, and this story is incredible just what she's been through and who she is and what she's dreamed up and how God has blessed it. So if you don't know Gloria Umana, you need to know her. She is the founder and director of X Nihilo Collective, visionary of the Hope Booth, and you all are going to love the story. So Gloria, welcome. We're so glad to have you here. Hey, I'm excited to get to be here and get to have this conversation with you. So let's talk about your life. Let's talk about your story because it all begins there. And before I, I start, I wanted to say that we're going to address some really difficult things today because your passions come out of your own story as well as your compassion for so many people struggling specifically with suicidal thoughts and ideation, depression. So we're going to go into some dark territory. I like to give a heads up uh, before we head there. But Gloria, if you can just high level tell everybody a little bit about your story and your journey that has led you to do what you do today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a great question. Um, so also great to provide that trigger warning, because I think, you know, sometimes when we talk about these difficult things, it can be triggering for people who are still walking through healing. So being mindful of that is important. But a little bit about my journey and my story. So I used to primarily travel around and help churches and organizations tell their story through spoken word. And I was leading a collective doing this as well. And it was incredible and awesome. We got to travel the world and illuminate the name of Jesus in beautiful ways. And in 2020, when all of our events were canceled, I just remember thinking to myself, well, what are we gonna do? What's next? Like, do we kind of just end here. And I remember just strongly feeling like there's no way that a pandemic can cancel out the power of creativity. We've seen God use it in such mighty ways. So we have to learn how to pivot and master the art of the pivot. And so during that timing, I heard God so clearly say that our ministry needed to pivot from the stage to the streets? What would it look like if we used our creativity to impact people where they are, who may never go to a church ever again, who maybe don't have access to internet, to watch church online? What does it look like to bring hope to people? And I learned in that timing, this statistics that broke my heart. And the stat was the average person living on the streets goes three to six months without being looked in the eye. I remember hearing that for the first time and I thought that was absolutely mm. insane. I don't think people know that. And I had a, a moment where I was just very troubled with the fact that we go to church every Sunday and we talk about El Roy, the God who sees, and yet that's somehow is a statistic. And there's many of us who are roaming our streets, walking by people who don't even know that they are seen. And we're supposed to be carriers of this hope carriers of the God who sees. And during that time frame. I started to think about the reality that the feeling of invisibility is not limited to someone's circumstance. And I I started to go back to my own personal story. In 2011, I almost lost my own life to suicide because of the fact that I felt invisible. I felt unseen. And my upbringing was just chaotic, some would say. Uh, I think it was just challenging in so many ways. I remember as early as maybe the fourth grade catching a bus from a motel six in which my family of six all lived in one bedroom, two beds. And it was very difficult. My parents left their corporate careers in pursuit of ministry with very little knowledge of like how this was going to work financially. And so for us as a small family, we are living in the midst of just trying to figure out what does it look like to pursue Jesus if it looks like everything being taken away at the same time. And that's what it felt like, you know, as a child, not understanding these decisions, not understanding why I'm getting picked up from the bus stop at a hotel, not being able to explain to my friends and my peers Mm -hmm. um, in this really high financial area that we lived in, why I couldn't afford what they were wearing.
0: Uh And then all
1: of this eventually led to just like an insurmountable amount of anxiety. I think like naturally you're going to school, you don't know who you are, you don't feel like you fit in, you don't have what everyone else has. And I think in that like age bracket, I kind of learned really quickly that who you are is predicated on what you have. That is what I Mm -hmm. understood as a child. And because I had not, I was not. And that was something that really was difficult because my identity was, I guess, just in a very quick moment, I realized my identity felt as though it didn't really exist. Like it didn't really have much. And long story short, went through a whole season of bullying and that led me into a downward spiral of suicidal thoughts. And I could share this story in, in a more detailed way a little bit later on, but this led to, in essence, me nearly losing my life on October 29, 2011. And it's really cool because- I think about right now what God is doing through the work of the Hope Booth, is in essence redeeming my story before my eyes, which is so special and so unique. So, in this this season in 2020, where we're kind of figuring out, well, what does it look like to pioneer a movement where no one goes unseen because of the fact that anybody can struggle with invisibility, whether living on the streets, whether a pastor's kid like myself, or the CEO of a Fortune 500. We knew that meant creating something that would make hope and help accessible to
0: anyone and everyone. So that story, Gloria, was the groundwork and the the formation for where you would go later. And I wanna get to that in just a minute, but let's talk for just a minute about mental health because you, you care about this and you see this is what you're giving your life to. You see this everywhere. Your story is familiar to you with even just the other people's stories you hear. You sent over some stats, and one of them just absolutely blew my mind. It was that 1.2 million suicide attempts have happened in 2020 in the U.S. alone. Mm-hmm. I I have chills all over my body hearing that. It is so disturbing. It is so sad. And then think of I I think of how many people have confessed to me on the road suicidal ideation. So that's that's different than an attempt. So so you add suicidal ideation to that. I can't imagine what the numbers are. Oh, I mean we got I know I know this is and in fact this is why you're here. When you told me and showed me what you're doing, I thought it was probably one of the most creative ideas that's reproducible that could spread all over the world that I've ever seen for this so let's talk about about what you what you do and and how you are fighting this crisis in a really unique way
1: yeah I mean okay when when you look at the numbers I think trying to get a grasp of it is very difficult so I'll give you like the bottom number the bottom number is every 40 seconds someone loses their life to suicide. So you have to think about the fact that Mm. we've already been here for a few minutes and several people have lost their life while we're speaking on this podcast. And by the end of this podcast, several more people would have lost their life. I think about the fact that these numbers and I get, man, I get so emotional when I think about it because it could have been me. It should have been me. But if it weren't for hope itself, I wouldn't be here today. And so when I think about this, I think about the fact that I'm troubled really with the fact that a lot of people are unbothered by these numbers until it is someone that they know that is affected by it. And I think if we wait for that moment, we've already waited too long. I I think the reality is like, if we carry the heartbeat of the father, we have to care about the well-being of every single person we walk by. And that's why our whole movement motto is pioneering a movement where no one goes unseen because it could be the person who is walking down the street, who is having a horrible day. And internally they are praying, God, if you want me here, send someone to just smile at me. I've had stories where people have told me that. And so I know that like if we can each collectively carry the weight of just carrying hope within us and spreading that hope everywhere we go, these numbers will drastically drop. We've spent, I don't know how many years doing research now, and these numbers are only increasing. And I think that's the problem with mental health awareness. We are very aware. We all know that there is a problem. We have seen the stories of countless people in the entertainment industry, countless people in the church, Countless people outside of the church who have lost their life to suicide. And I just think it's not fair anymore for us to continually say, I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening. At some point, we have to move from awareness to action. And mm-hmm. this is our whole organization's heartbeat is that we will move from just talking about stats
0: to how do we actually make these stats decrease? That's the goal. Well, and and I just want to say to everybody listening, what you're saying is true. Everybody listening is going, I don't I don't know what to do. I don't know how to help. Y'all, I'm going to ask you on this podcast to partner with Gloria because this vision, I believe it is working and it will help. I'm not saying this is the end all be all. You aren't either. But I want to set this up to listen to this as a way you know, as you're listening to imagine how can I partner with this? Because we really believe in this. My team and I looked at what you're doing, Gloria, and it gave us so much joy and hope that you, God really gave you an idea that was very clever and unique and it's already out there in the world. It's helping. So talk, talk about your, just the vision of it. Like what, what did you want to see happen?
1: Yeah. So, Someone asked me the other day, why a phone booth? Why not an app? Why not like a mobile device? Why not like an iPod? And I said to them, well, you know, if hope is going to be accessible, then it has to be accessible to everyone. I think in 2020, when we saw like school being moved online, for example, I thought about all the families who don't have Wi-Fi. How are they gonna get access to school? And so the number one way of making something accessible to everyone is putting it in a place where there is no parameters for anyone to experience it. And so why a phone booth in particular? Is Because I remember growing up, we would drive the city of Atlanta at night, and it was very easy to find these phone booths. And it was very mm-hmm. simple. It was because of the light that emitted through it. And I think that is a pure depiction of what hope is. It's light in the midst of darkness. And so oh, I said, okay. We'll love it. Well, why don't we just do that? Why don't we just take, if we're going to do something really unique and unconventional, why don't we do it in the form and the model of something that is known, something that is understood? So when we take these old phone booths, the goal is, it's kind of a nod to one generation of, okay, I see you, we're bringing these back in style, but then also a nod to the new generation of, I see you, and so we're going to help you get off your phone and instead take a moment to pause, be mindful, breathe. There's so many like different elements in the experience that give people the opportunity to have to put their phone down. I think we're so stuck and glued to our phone sometimes which is oftentimes the reason for our anxiety, oftentimes the reason for all of the noise and chaos that we feel. And so we wanted to create something where we could just say, all right, it's not going to be on your phone. It's not going to be an app. It's not going to be a device that you carry everywhere you go. But in the midst of your day-to-day, you can stumble upon one of these in a hospital, in a library, in a street corner, at your school, wherever you are in a public setting and be able to experience hope and then connect to that local help and support.
0: Let's talk about what it is because people are going to a phone booth. What, what? Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about exactly what you, you walk up to it. And guys, all of you can go to her website. What is the website, Gloria? It's hopebooth.com. Hopebooth.com. So simple. And you can see this and it is, it's just, you will fall in love with this vision the way we all did. Um, so you walk up to to a phone booth and what happens? What do you see? What does it look like? Yeah, very simple.
1: So you walk up to a phone booth and it looks it looks like a phone booth. That's that's kind of the goal. It looks like it, but it is very artistically beautiful, so it naturally will out. catch your eye. Um you'll naturally want to know what in the world is this? And on our base, we have some signage that says Need Hope question mark stand here. So once you walk up to the hope booth, Um, It has some recognition elements. So it knows that someone is standing there and you click to begin the experience. And the very first element of the experience is something we call a hope meter. So the hope meter um, is ultimately an internal scale of one to five, where you can intrinsically select how you're feeling. And so we use that as step number one to dictate which experience someone will get. The second step is for, uh, this is, safety measures for us to get the right experience to someone. Most people don't know how they're feeling. So we don't totally rely on that hope meter. We have a second segment where a user has about 30 seconds to select emotive words that AI will then use to determine how that person actually is feeling. So at times, how quickly you select things, if you unselect things and select it again, what is selected. And this is really just to help Release the pressure off of people when they don't know how they're feeling. This is to help give them words and give them verbiage. Cool. And so, between the metrics of those two segments, is how we determine which of 19 experiences that person will get. So when we wrote these experiences, we wrote them with a group of psychologists and therapists to determine the level of accuracy each individual would need based off of the results in which they get from the AI segment and the hope meter. And so someone who maybe is struggling with suicidal ideation and hanging on by a thread would get a very different experience that someone Uh, who may be at work that just needs a little bit of encouragement for the day. Both people need hope, but in a very different way. And so we wrote these to be very different. So it has a measure of hope uh, messages kind of. So it's like a 90 second message of hope that we wrote with some really incredible psychologists. It's got a measure of breath work. So I think one of the biggest things when I was struggling with anxiety, when I was a little bit younger, that my mom and therapist would often say is Gloria, breathe. I think it's so simple, but we often forget the power of breathing. So it's an entire segment dedicated to breath work. It's got a mixture of animation. It's got a mixture of composition and scoring and some sound elements to make it immersive. It's got a mixture of some declarations and affirmations that we really believe are helpful for people in their journey and their experience. And then my favorite aspect is the very final element. So the very final element is a five mile radius support system. We believe the greatest way to give people the hope they need is to connect them to the help that they need. And so that can look like a therapist, but it also can look like a church. It could look like a food bank. It could look like employment. It could look like a homeless shelter.
0: You have all that there, like a church. And I just love it so much. Y'all, do you see? Like it holds their hand to people, ultimately. That's what I loved about it. I have chill bumps at that last point because until that last point, It's like, oh, here's some things you could find on the internet. Yeah. But because it is placed in a unique setting, a a framework of streets and a a place, a neighborhood, it it actually can be specific to say around the corner is... Mm -hmm this church? And do the churches know that you're putting them in there? Talk about the church support because they're helping you, right? There's a relationship Absolutely. there. Yeah. So oh, love it. with
1: every single element of the support system, our heart and goal is to ensure that we believe in the work that these individuals and organizations are doing. And so we want to connect people to people who can help them for real and not lead them further down a path that they ought not to go. And so with these churches that we work with, with these um, therapists that we work with, with the shelters we work with, they all are part of our network, if you will. And so we are every day in all of these different cities and communities around the globe, adding to a mass network of support that we can connect people to. Because our, our biggest heart and desire is in building this, is knowing that long before I was ever born, there have been churches and organizations doing the work before Gloria exists, right? before the thought of the hope With exists. And so we don't want to appear as the superheroes in these cities, but instead we want to show up as almost a catalyst for those who are doing the work and help them help them by connecting people to them, support them by lifting their arms when their strength has grown weary. And I think this is the simplest way we can do that. Of hey, there are so many people in your network and in your community that need your help, how can we get them to you? And then we also have the ability to see all of this data and provide them to churches on here's how you need to pray for your city. Like, look at, look at this wow. hope meter, look at how low it is. These are people yeah. in your neighborhood in a five yeah. mile vicinity. Wow. So we can pray more accurate prayers instead of God, do what you will with this city. Right. No, we know exactly what to pray now because we have some data to prove it. And so that's kind of that's kind of our heartbeat and our goal with that support system aspect. So you've
0: you've trialed some of this. Like you're about to launch the real life thing everywhere, yeah. but talk a little bit about what you've learned from the first pilots of the ones you put out. Oh, 100%. So we actually did the Hope Booth debut with our first
1: prototype, October 2021 in London, England. And the reason why we went to London is because we're all on our team American. We know how Americans naturally will respond to something like this, but we knew in our heart this is to be a global movement. So he said, all right, let's take it to another country, but let's take it to a country that's not necessarily friendly. They're not necessarily overly outgoing, like we are in the States and let's see how they respond there. And it was amazing because first day we just set it out on the street, honestly, because we were filming a promo video. It wasn't for anyone to experience. And when I tell you, once we took like the sheet off of the booth, the entire city stood still. I kid you not. It was was so quiet. You could hear a pin drop. (gasps) Cars stopped at green lights to look over and see what was going on. Construction workers came over. So many people pulled out their phones, started taking photos. They were like, (gasps) what is this? And so we didn't plan for people to experience it then, but it happened and people began to experience it. And it was just amazing because I think when something meets the need of people before they're able to vocalize the need, that's how yep. you know, that's Kairos moment right there. And it was so cool because we had so many people who were just like, what do I need hope for? And we'd be like, just try it. We we don't even say a lot. We say, just try it. And then afterwards, let's talk. And people who were adamant or people who were really like strong-minded, they'd try it. And in 30 seconds would be in tears. After the oh, first two minutes, they'd be in it. tears. And they're like, oh my goodness, I didn't know I needed that. And that's like that's like the goal right there because we have yeah. so many people who experience the Hope Booth who maybe just need hope for the day, but then there's a whole tier of people who experience it who need hope to live another day. And there have been so many people who have experienced it who've been in that bracket who have said, I don't know if I would have been here tomorrow if I didn't experience this three minutes today. And like, I never would have imagined that that would be the outcome, but
0: that's how I know we are doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing. There is so much I love about it, Gloria, and everybody listening feels the same way, I know, that because it's physical, because it's what you described from the beginning of, I wanted something that wasn't an app, that wasn't digital. It was just physically standing in the middle of the street that you are confronted with it. It's a question, it's an experience, and then it leads you to real life people. It is so well done. I am so proud of you. I can't even tell you, I wanted us, y'all, when I heard the vision from Gloria, I wanted us to help. And I want, I mean, this isn't some sponsored thing, y'all. Like I want, I believe in this. I'm going to give to this because I think these are the moments and the experiences that lead people to churches, that lead people to the help that they need, that lead people to um, resources where they can actually get the help and the support they need if they're struggling with suicide or with depression or with anxiety. So, this is to me, it's a it's an encounter and it's it's an abrupt one and it's catching people in a way that that surprises them there's an element of God finding people in the middle of the street, you know? And I I just love it so much. It's creative. It's beautiful. Again, go to the website, check it out. So how do we help? Because Gloria, we all want these to exist everywhere. And right now they don't. So right now your first installations are happening in August. Every booth has to be sponsored. Talk about how we partner with you. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So our goal this year starting August, um, is to get 100 Hope Booths sponsored and installed around the globe. So our first one is already set to be in Scotland, which is very fun, very cool. But it happens by very regular people. That That is really how it works. It's very regular people who come together with other regular people and say, you know what, I want to be the catalyst for hope in my community, in my city. I want to sponsor a booth in this city, or I want to sponsor a booth in this school, or I want to sponsor a booth in this hospital. And I think um, the key way to really pull that off, I think a lot of times when we see big projects like this, we think, we immediately count ourselves out and we say, oh, there's there's no way I can do that. There is a way. I think being an advocate for the work we're doing can sometimes look like if it's not you sponsoring a booth, gathering your community together to say, hey, let's fundraise to make this happen and sponsor a booth. Or going to your local church and say, hey, I know we have outreach initiatives. How can we get a booth sponsored? And on the booth, we can have a plaque that says sponsored by XYZ Church. Do you know how important it is for our churches to come alongside of us so that When people see these Hope Boots in our city and it says sponsored by XYZ Church, they know that that church is for them without them ever having to walk into their doors. That's huge. That's how you get people into the doors, actually.
0: Gloria, this is going to be huge because you're giving everybody not just something to give to, but something to rally around and for their church to partner with them. I mean, I think all of you listening right now, there are so many of you out there that live all over the world could reach out to your church and say, listen, would you all want to partner with us? Because it's going to lead the people that need God most, that need help most to your doors. And if nothing else, it's going to be a banner in the middle of dark places that God loves them and that he sees them. So yeah, this is so fun. I just, I just think it's such a fun. And even just the fact that you have to kind of have a group project mentality, you got to pull together your people and say, let's make this happen in our part of the world. So yeah, and
1: that's that's part of our heartbeat. We've always said we want Hope Booth to be built for the community by the community. Not that yeah. people would look at it and say, oh, look at this a cool vision. crew of millennials did. No, look what our world did together. Like look what happens when we see each other. Like we carry the burdens together. We carry the weight together. Mm-hmm. That's that's the beauty right there to me. So
0: if people are interested in helping giving what do they do? Yep.
1: Yeah, you just go to hopebooth.com. There's several ways that you can give. You can either Become a founding partner, and you can give at a pretty high level, or you can give a one-time donation. You can give at a reoccurring uh, level and give monthly, or you can sponsor a booth. And these are all found on Ways to Give on our website.
0: As we close, Gloria, I want you to just speak to the person listening that's going, I appreciate everybody wanting to help, but it's me. I'm the one. I'm listening, and I need hope, and I I need to make it another day. And Gloria, I know... (laughs) Your heart is most for them. So just as we close, would you speak to them? And then would you pray for them? Yeah, absolutely. If you're listening right now and you feel very
1: low on hope and you're just unsure if you could even make it another day, I want to encourage you to look at your track record. This is not the first time that you have felt this way and you have made it every single time. And so because you have made it every single time, you can make it again. You just have to keep saying yes every day. Yes to choosing to live, even when it's hard, even when it's difficult, because I do know that this is a story that ends in hope, even if it doesn't feel like it in the moment, even if it doesn't look like it in the moment, brighter days are ahead and you only get to see them if you keep saying yes. I think sometimes we think that our struggles define us and because they define us, they have power to take us out. But I thought about this the other day. You existed long before you ever had a struggle, which means your struggle isn't powerful enough to define you. And it's not powerful enough to be the banner over your life. Hope will win in your story. Please stay. Lord, I just pray for our friends today who are listening, who feel as though they just can't take it another day. It feels like life might just be too hard and the circumstance might be too difficult. God, I pray that today, They know that you are holding their hand every step of the way, that following you doesn't always eliminate us or exempt us from hardship and trouble, but it gives us the courage to know that we will make it through because of the God who is with us, that we don't have to do this alone. He has sent people around us to support us and walk with us through the difficulty. And on the other side, we will see brighter days. We will see hope we will see redemption because you are a God who only knows of goodness. And when we trust you, we know that goodness is a part of our story as well. God help us to choose to stay every day, even when it's hard and even when it's difficult and help us to know that there will be days where we will want to choose to stay. And it won't have to be something we have to convince ourselves to do any longer. We thank you and praise you because of hope We thank you and praise you because of who you are and for making it possible for us to hope in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
0: I mean, was that an incredible conversation or what? Y'all are gonna wanna check out more from Gloria because she does so many amazing things i mean she's a spoken word artist she
1: speaks all over the country she is the visionary behind the hope booth and
0: i mean just so many amazing amazing catalytic things in the world and so i'm going to put all the links to her social media and her website in the show notes for you guys but go check her out follow her on instagram thanks for being a part of the show today we'll see you next time for another episode of the made for this podcast